Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Uh, again, this morning we're going to start off with our, our theme verse for this, this series. We're about to wrap it up. We're getting close to wrapping it up. But I always like us to, to be able to just to read out loud this uh, portion of Scripture in the Amplified Version. Um, and so if you would engage with me, say it loud, say it proud, ready, set, go. But you will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses to tell people about me. Okay? So another key um, uh, a part of being baptized in the Holy Spirit is that you have power and ability to be a witness for him. That, that's what the scripture is trying to get across. See, once you receive the power and ability, Jesus you know, made sure, hey guys, go get it, and then I want you to go out, right? Not stay in, not kind of keep it to ourselves, but we are to be witnesses for Christ to those around us. But here's the key. You have to choose to do it. You have to choose to be the one who's the witness. Because he's not going to force you to do it. But see, that's some kind of this, this mandate that, that Jesus has put on us as believers. Not just the disciples, but as us as believers. Because every time you read your Bible, who is God talking to? You. Right? He's talking to you, not the disciples way back then or anything like that. But see, that's the, that's the mindset, that's the approach that we have to have. That, Lord, man, this is my Bible. This is God speaking to me. So when God's speaking to me, whatever he says in there, he's saying it directly to you. And we have to get that in our minds, right? And so we know this as the Great Commission. I mean, if you've been around church um, all your life or anything like that, man, you just know Man, you probably have heard that over and over again. But, but sadly, though, um, it's also known as the uh, great omission. Because some scholars have said not many Christians are doing the great commission. So they call it the great omission to where people are just kind of like uh, bypassing that aspect of their Christianity, their walk with Jesus. And... The thing about that, though, is this, right? So don't, don't you know, if you're feeling like, well, maybe, yeah, maybe that's me. The, the thing is, is that Jesus is relentless in his pursuit of people, right? I mean, he's relentless. He wants every single person to be touched by the gospel or the good news, right? He wants people to be saved. So much so, in, 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 at least in my rationale, the Holy Spirit made sure that it was in Scripture. Remember, we talked about how, you know what, the Holy Spirit, it was speaking to us God's heart, Jesus' heart, when we open up our, our Bible. And so when we get the opportunity to see something in the Word, we know, man, this is on the heart of God, the heart of the Father. What is the heart of the Father? Open up your Bible. What, what, what does he want me to know? Open up your Bible. 
Hey, I, it's, it's something that, that's really kind of easy for us to understand. But see, if we, we are opening it up and we're meditating and we're looking at it and obeying it, then we should know that we are to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Every creature. So today we're going to look at Mark chapter 16, verse, verse 15 through 18. And we're doing a little bit hair, a little bit different today. I'm going to give you four action steps that connect themselves to, to Jesus telling us to reach people. And then we've got one point, right? So you're going to go, oh, well, that's five points, Pastor Scott. Well, yeah, kind of. But it's kind of taken, breaking down in a little bit different category. But we'll look at the very first point of the supernatural signs that Jesus guaranteed to those who would follow, that would follow every believer as we're willing to step out in faith, as we're willing to believe what God has, has laid on, on our heart to do in the moment. So the title of our message today is Engaging the Great Commission. Engaging the Great Commission. And let me pray real quick. Um, Holy Spirit, help us to engage the Great Commission. Amen. All right, Mark chapter 16, verse 15, and we'll go through 18. He said, and, and he said to him, this is Jesus, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And they will drink anything deadly. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Who said this? Jesus. Not me. Not Pastor Scott. But Jesus said it. So if Jesus said it, that means he wants it to happen. That means it can happen. Amen? Okay. So that's, this is the first of two passages, Matthew 28, if you, if you want to write that down somewhere. That, this is another passage that talks about the Great Commission. But Jesus is charging us as followers to take the empowered gospel to the farthest corners of the earth. That's why it's so important to have the Holy Spirit's infilling. Because in our natural bent, we don't necessarily like doing that. I would, I would imagine. I mean, there are people who are very, like, extroverts, man. Yeah, let's go. I can do, man, I'm, 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 I'm there. Then there are those who I think are, are introverts, right? And they're like, nah, not so much. And then you got those who are middleverts. That's my own phrase. I just created it right now. But they're, they're middleverts, where they can be introvert, and they can be extrovert when it calls for it, right? But whatever vert you are, you just got to go. You, you got you to gotta do something. Now, don't let it be like, oh my gosh, this is going to be so, uh, he's pushing, come, coming into my comfort zone. I'm not coming into your comfort zone, okay? Just so you know. Love me, look at me, yeah, okay. All right, just want to make sure. All right, so let's look at this very first actionable step that Jesus said in, in this portion of Scripture. The very first one is go and keep on going. Go and keep on going. Mark 16, 15 said, and he said to them, go into all the world. Now, I know you're really excited about this, but we're going to break it down a little bit in some Greek words. I mean, that always like, hey, yeah, stimulates people, right? 
But, but, but it's really important for us to kind of look at that. And so if I butcher any of the Greek words, just forgive me. Um, if you're a Bible scholar or anything like that, I, I apologize, but I really am going to try hard. And there's a couple of them that you're supposed to roll your R's, and I cannot roll my R. I am, I'm, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm terrible at that. Okay, so the word go is the Greek word por, poryo'o, right? Poryo'o. It's supposed to roll the R on that one, okay? But it means to go and keep on going. To go and keep on going. So, you know, we hear the word go. That means I just go one spot, right? Oh, I, I went to church. I go to church. But then what he's trying to get across is that, you know what? No, you go to church, but then you keep on bringing church with you wherever it is you go, right? So it's go. You're constantly going. It references something or someone that launches from a starting point, then constantly remains in motion. And then it says, go where? Go into. Now that's the Greek word ice, which refers, that was the easiest one of the bunch, right? Which refers to entering into or an immersion into something or some place. An immersion into something um, or some place. Like, so you are a part of it. Now, it doesn't refer to you like, okay, like if you go on a journey, say like I'm going to go to um, Spain or something like that. I take an airplane, I get there, and man, I'm, I'm, I'm going and I'm there for a week and I enjoy all the benefits and all the things and the beauty and all that, and then I leave. That's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about here is, you know what, wherever you go, you need to immerse yourself into that place. That's why, like, when missionaries go, they just don't go for a week. Yeah, you can go on a missions trip, but you know what? Like, real called missionaries, no, they get right in there, and they immerse themselves into the culture. They immerse themselves into what's going on, what's happening, and all that. They start getting, building relationships. They start getting to, um, you know, just um, uh, uh, pour themselves into uh, that, that place in such a way, then that gospel message is being revealed. It's being released, okay? And then it says, go into the world, okay? Now, when we think of that, this is the Greek word cosmos, and it doesn't necessarily mean the planet we live on, okay? Um, but what it's talking about is actually, it's an order or an arrangement, but it denotes this, a particular political system, a system found in any part of society, Okay, so think about it this way. Your circle of friends, your family, your sphere of influence, where you live, wherever you have influence in your work, that is the world that you are to be immersed in. Right? You're supposed to be immersed in that. In, in your neighborhood, Right in your job, you are supposed to be merged or immersed into that, or, or really wherever you go. I mean, we never really think of it that way, but man, if you go to Walmart, maybe we should start thinking, "I got to be immersed into Walmart." Jesus, show me somebody I can witness to or I can talk to. Right, and, and all the introverts are like, "No," right, and, the, and then the middle verts are like, "Well." about that maybe an expert yeah bring it on but see we just got to understand that wherever we go wherever places we venture into we have opportunity to share 
We have opportunity to, to, to proclaim the message of, of the cross. And so it doesn't mean, you know what, and, and this, this whole aspect of you going into all the world doesn't mean that, you know what, you're, you are going to get a, 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 a pulpit ministry. Right? Because some people go, well, yeah, whoa, wait, 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 whoa, 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 wait a minute. I'm not, I'm not a pulpit guy. I'm not, eh, you know, Pastor Scott, you can do that. But see, that, that doesn't mean you're going to get a pulpit ministry. But it means you have a ministry right where you're at, wherever you are immersed in, right? And if, unless, and, and two, think about it this way. If, if he calls you to go to a foreign land and to be a missionary, then go. Go do it, because that's what he's called you to. But at the same time, you're called to be a missionary in your world, in your culture, in your environment, your sphere of influence. You are to be a missionary in that, and you're immersed in that. Because you know what? You, you have connections. You have relationships that are special, that are so unique, that you know what? Even though maybe you haven't been able to share yet, but I'm telling you, there will come a time where you just got to stay open and you got to be able to look at it and think, oh, okay, Lord, give me that opportunity. Whatever that is, maybe it's just me, listen, slipping in a little bit of Jesus to him. Right? Just planting a little bit of a seed. But I guarantee you, 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 you water that seed, you pray into that seed, man, there's going to be some fruit that's going to come out of it. But see, oftentimes we get intimidated. I'm probably jumping ahead of myself here in my notes, but we get intimidated sometimes and thinking, you know what? Ah, see, that didn't work. That didn't work. So our assignment by Jesus' commissioning of us is to reach every person in every group where we have influence. So we got to get up. We got to get on mission. Right? we got to get it done. It means don't stop until the job is done. Right? And when's the job done? It's never done unless Jesus comes back. right? Or we, we go to be with Jesus. That's when it's done. It's not, oh yeah, man, I did my part 20 years ago. Now I'm done. No, you're never done. The Bible does not talk about retirement in the Bible. It just doesn't. If you find it, then come, come and talk to me. But it just does not talk about retirement. I just cannot share the gospel anymore because I am older and I've done my time. No way. That's just not, not, that's not, that's not him, right? So we've got to get, and, and you can approach it this way too. Like if you're going to be successful in any business that you are or, or, or your job or whatever, man, you, you get up, you go to work, you're on time, you're, you're doing the work, you're doing what you need to do, all of those things. You've got this mindset in order to be successful at what you do. Well, the same opportunity exists for us. We've got to be, uh, have this mindset to jump in to our relationship with Jesus to the point where he can then use us at any given time we're open 24-7 to be able to share the gospel. That, that's kind of the mindset we need, we need to, to get a hold of. Man, how, how can I be used? How can I be used? Let me, let's go to the second action step. It says preach and keep on preaching. That's the second action step. Preach and keep on preaching. 
said, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Right? Amen. So again, doesn't mean you're going to have a pulpit ministry. People think, well, that's the only time, you know, when we preach. No, 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 no. That's not the only time we preach. We're preaching all the time. We're preaching by our actions. We're preaching by the words we say. We're doing that, right? We are to preach and keep on preaching. The word preach in the Greek is kariso, uh, which means to proclaim and to declare or to herald a message. We don't usually use that word herald anymore, right? Because that's more like old English style or whatever. But to herald a message. So what it does, it, it, it's, it's written in the imperative tense. And what it does is it commands the hearer, which is us, to perform a certain action, listen, by the authority of the one commanding it. Who's the one commanding this? Pastor Scott? Nope. It's Jesus, right? It's in red letters in your Bible, if you got a red letter Bible. So that means it's Jesus telling you, hey, go. And when he says go, that means he's commanding you to go. That means, too, that it's all of the authority. We'll get into that in a little bit. All of the authority that's backed by Jesus, it will back you. But see, we, 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 we get that either insecurity or we get that, that feeling of, uh, I don't know, really know what the words to say. But see, Jesus is like, don't worry about it. See, that's why the Holy Spirit is important to be having this relationship with the Holy Spirit in our life because even the Bible says that. Don't worry about what you have to say. I'll give you the words to say when it's time to say it. But see, we, we man, that's against the logic of our mind, right? Our mind's like, whoa, whoa, wait, we know, nope, I got to control it. You know, and the Holy Spirit's not going to be just all of a sudden go, blah, 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 like that. He's not going to do that. It's not like a turkey, sorry. But the whole Holy Spirit is going to start dropping things in your mind to say. And you're like, man, I never thought of that before. Right? But, he, but you're saying it, and all of a sudden that person that's hearing it, man, that's speaking to him. That's speaking to them. That's speaking to her. You know, because the Holy Spirit speaks our language. See, the things I, how I hear is different than the way you hear. But the great thing about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit knows that. And so he'll speak to you in the language you understand. He'll break it down so easy for you to understand it. That's why I love the Holy Spirit. Because I, I think sometimes I'm a real knucklehead. And man, I think I'm sometimes hard-headed. But man, the Holy Spirit, just in that sweet, soft voice. Pastor Scott, come on, man. You know, and he'll, he'll give me something. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're so right. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for loving me. I don't know. That just happens for me. But okay, so here it is. Again, it's in that imperative sense. And, and when they, in, the, in the New Testament, it talks about um, th this message proclaimed by a, um, the word I have here is crux, who was an official spokesman or herald for the king. So whose job was to, uh, um, with the appropriate formality, announce the desires and the dictates that the king wished to express to the people. 
So I, you know, and I guess in common ways, you can almost think maybe that's the uh, White House press secretary, right? Because they get up there and they just blab with whatever they need to say and, you know, whether it's truth or not. Did I say that? I'm sorry. But, but you know, they just kind of, um, you know, reveal the heart of the president and, and the government. Well, that's kind of the same principle that when, when we preach, we must see ourselves as representatives of Jesus. You hearing that? We must understand that we are representatives of Jesus doesn't mean we have to be standing in a pulpit to preach. But everywhere I go, every time I'm in, in a conversation with people, I am a representative of Jesus. Now let that sink in. You're a representative of Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and look them straight in the eye. You know, give them those beady eyes, right? Give them beady eyes, okay? And then say you're a representative of Jesus. <laughs> but see, we got to understand that everything we do, everything we say, we constantly reflect Jesus to others. Constantly, right? They know you go to church, and you know what? They're watching. They're watching. Do they want to make sure? Are they really living out what they're saying? Are they really doing the things that, that you know, they, they profess to say? Because, you know, we've heard so many stories of people turned off to church, because somebody in church was hypocritical or very religious, but not even following their religious thing. They were just doing their own thing. And so people get turned off and go, man, why would I want to like, hang out and be a part of something like that? But see, we have to understand that, you know what, we are representatives of Jesus and that we are, listen, speaking on God's behalf. And everything we say and everything we do, that's heavy. What a responsibility, right? There's a scripture, I think it's in Psalms 24, that man, the Lord's just been talking to me about and, and sharing, but it, but it says, you know what? That we are to have clean hands and a pure heart. Man, clean hands, pure heart. But see, that's all part of this representation of who Jesus is. That's what people want to see. They want to see, is Jesus real to you in your life? Is he, he's, is he actually real? Are you actually living this out? He, they don't want to see all the, 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 the you know, little side things you've got going on that don't glorify Jesus. They want to see if you are the real deal. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 says this about us. It says, now this is in the Passion Translation. It says, we are ambassadors of the anointed one. Just right there. Each and every one of us are ambassadors of the anointed one who carry the message of Christ to the world as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. Not Pastor Scott's lips. Right? Because a lot of times people go, oh, well, the preacher can do it. Preacher, I want you to, to, to talk, call my friend and you talk to them about Jesus. Now, I will more than happy do that. But what happened to your lips? What happened to your voice? Right? And, and I realize sometimes, man, you, you might be talking and talking and talking and, man, it's just not getting through. 
And so you might think, oh man, I'm calling Pastor Scott. It might get through if Pastor Scott calls him. Then great, praise the Lord. But, but see, don't ever like expect that, that, that something's going to change if you're not doing something that you're supposed to be doing. But here it goes. So tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. So he's using us as a vehicle to plead with people to get to know Jesus. So we tenderly plead with you on Christ's behalf. Turn back to God and be reconciled to him. So we are ambassadors for Christ here on this earth. We represent his ruling authority. We are the voice of heaven to people. We have been authorized to speak and act on, uh, on behalf of the Lord. Right? Just like a natural ambassador would for their country. Right? They speak for their country. So what country are you living in? Hopefully you're, you're living in the country of, of the kingdom. By the, way, by the way, you're following Jesus, right? We'll make mistakes. Yes, we will. But you know what? We'll get right back there. Get right back in, in with him. But, but are, we, are we living from a perspective that, you know what? We are not of this world. We're in the world, but we're not of this world. And since I'm not in, of this world, I'm an ambassador in this world to share and to express the heart of heaven the heart of Jesus, the heart of our Father. That, that, that's who we are. And then, just as an ambassador has all the resources backing them from their country, we have all the resources backing us that we need from the kingdom of heaven if we're following him, if we're loving Jesus, if we're, if we're, we're, we're moving into an area where, you know what, I, I'm going to preach, I'm going to share, I'm going to express, then you know what? I think of all, all of heaven maybe stands up. Hey, they're going to share. Whoa, you know, Pastor Scott, he's an introvert. He doesn't share very much. Get over here. We're going to check it out. I, I'm, a, I'm a middle vert, just to be honest with you, because I like to be an introvert at times, but then I like, you know, to be an extrovert at time. So I'm a middle vert. That's why I created the word. See, you can do that when you, that's part of who you are. So any, any middle verts out there in the house? Yeah, 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 there you go. All right. We got a kin going on here. This is awesome. All right. Um, but, but the other thing about it too is I'm, I'm really glad that in this process that Jesus, you know, kind of just straight up tells us, don't, don't preach your opinions. Don't preach your philosophies. But preach the gospel. Preach the good news. Preach the word of God. I'm so thankful for that. Because, you know, sometimes you can hear when that, that begins to come out. And it's like, okay, well, is it leading us back to Jesus? And if it's not, then we've got to discard that. Because he said very much, go out and preach the good news. And so here's something to understand. Our preaching and our sharing make it practical. Okay? Does not have to be deep or theological. Because some people go, well, I don't know enough of the Bible. Well, you know enough that Jesus died on the cross, saved you from your sin, 
and that God loves you. Man, that's all the theology you need. Seriously, that's it. That's the theology you need. And, and you know what? And you'll have the Holy Spirit backing you the whole time. And the Holy Spirit will maybe even give you more words to say. But you don't need this deep, oh, it's got to be this. You know, all you got to do is share Jesus' love. You can share your testimony. I'm sure everyone has a testimony. Whether it's you would consider it boring. I grew up in church all my life. I was, you know, whatever. Even if you consider your testimony boring, it's not boring. Because when you think about the power that Jesus plucked you out of the world, took you from the sin that you were in and plucked you out, and now you are righteous. I don't even care if you were two years old, three years old, four years old, whatever. He did it. That's powerful. That's a testimony. Because sometimes we think testimonies have to be, oh yeah, I was this, I was a drug dealer, I was this, I was, you know, all these bad things. Nope. You could say, man, I grew up in church all my life and I gave my heart to the Lord when I was this. And you know what? I found that, man, as I serve him, it's the best thing I've ever done. There's nothing, nothing, nothing that I could go after that's greater than him. I mean, that's sharing a testimony right there. And so make it simple, not deep theological, right? Share Jesus' love. Share a testimony. And then you know what, too? Invite them to church. Right? Why not? Invite them to church. I love, you know, um, in, 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 in Scripture where uh, even Philip kind of used that philosophy. He said, hey, come and see. We've, we've, we found the Savior. Come and see, Nathaniel. Come, come and see. He didn't like, oh, hey, wait a minute. I'm going to preach a five-point sermon. And I'm going to make sure that I'm shaking you and getting you whatever. No, you say, hey, come and see. So what's wrong with saying, hey, come to church with me? Come and see. Right? I mean, we're, we're believing God that, man, every single Sunday the presence of God is here. It'll convict the sinner. It'll convict. It'll, it'll remove the, the, the things in our lives that, that, that are not godly. So why not? Be a Philip to a Nathaniel. Come and see. Invite him to church. Hopefully I'm not that scary, right? Or, you know, like, ooh, mean or anything like that. But, but if, if you, you, you're finding yourself being fed and, 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 and in God's presence, then, then why wouldn't you invite someone to church? That, that's part of, of, of preaching and, um, and keep on preaching, right? The third action step. Expect eternal results. Expect eternal results. Something sometimes we don't do that well. It says, He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. So we need to cultivate in our lives the heart of expectancy. When was the last time you expected God to show up? I mean, like truly expected. Not like, oh, Lord, I hope you show up. I hope you help me with this. No. He said, man, I want to be there every step of the way. I want to show up consistently and constantly in your life. But see, we have to cultivate in our heart expectancy. I serve a big dad, right? You, you, know, you know those, those, oh, yeah, you know who my dad is type of thing? 
Like when you're a kid and my dad's going to beat up your dad, you don't know, you know, all that stuff. Well, sometimes we got to be expectant and say, you don't, hey, enemy, you don't know who my dad is. He does, by the way, but you don't know who my dad is. And my, I serve a big dad, a dad who loves me, and my dad who said he'd take care of me. And so I, I'm just expecting that he's going to work in my life. And, I, and, and, when, and when we witness and when we preach, it's again, we, we, we have to understand or remember that the, um, the kingdom of God is like a farm. And in that farm, you sow, right? You, you put seed in the ground, and then you water it, and you allow it to begin to, to, to grow. And, and it, sometimes it takes time. But see, what happens is, is when, we, when we preach or when we just even share testimony or whatever, we think, well, because we didn't see an immediate result, salvation happened right away, Oh, I guess I'm not very good at this. I guess I fall short. I, yeah, I'll let someone else do that because they're better at it than me. No, we can't have that mentality. We got to go, you know what? Man, I planted seed today. I'm not sure what's going to happen in that guy's life or that woman's life, but I, I know I planted some seed. So I'm going to ask the Lord just to lay that person on my heart. I'm going to pray for it. But then the great thing is is sometimes other people will come along and they'll water the seed that you planted, right? And then they water, and it's getting, all of a sudden, it's starting to bloom and grow a little bit. And then guess what? The Bible says, you know what? Someone else might actually reap the harvest of it. But guess what? Your seed that you planted is at the same magnitude, I believe, as the one who reaped the harvest because you started the farming process. So don't get discouraged if you, if you are sharing the gospel or you're sharing your message and you're witnessing to somebody and the, the miracle of salvation doesn't come right away. Just know, you know what? No, okay, we're in a seed planting. We're in a watering stage. I'm, I'm game. I'm ready for that. And not get discouraged and just kind of like blow past it. It's just important that we understand that. But that sometimes is the way it happens. Okay? And then it says, whoever believes, right? We, so we have to believe. We have to have this, this, this faith rise up in us to the point where faith means it means to be persuaded, convinced, or confident of, of something to the point of action. We've got to be able to take action. Then it says about being baptized. We kind of all know about that. And then it says, they will believe they will be saved. Didn't say it'll be saved immediately. But man, we, we just, we just got to be consistent. We got to be consistent. If there is somebody on our heart that the Lord drops in that we want to, to share the gospel, we want to share our testimony, we want to just you know, help them reach a level, then we've got to be able to lock in to be consistent to pray for them, consistent to share, consistent instead of um, just one-time shot, that's it. No, faith means I'm going to stand and I'm going to keep taking action for that person to be saved. And then it goes on to say, you know what? If they won't believe, they will be condemned. But you know what? I think God, God, God's waiting until the very end. God's a God of full of grace and mercy. 
But it says, man, if they don't believe, they'll be condemned, which means to render punitive uh, judgment worthy of consequential punishment. It's just important that we have expectancy. We have this expectancy going on in our life. And so, simply put, eternities are on the line each time we share Christ. Fourth one, action step, rely on on supernatural authentication. Rely on supernatural authentication, Mark 16, 17, and these signs will follow those who believe. Now, we covered that last week, so I'm not going to get in-depth with it, but let me just kind of give you a summary of it. Jesus said that signs will follow those who believe. So, don't expect signs if you're not believing in them. If you don't believe they'll come to pass, then don't expect them. But Jesus said you can't expect them. But you got to have faith. Right? It's like that, why not? Let's just go for it. And again, faith is when you're confident, you're persuaded, right, to the point of putting what Jesus promised into action so that signs can occur. I said this last week, faith is the currency of heaven, right? That currency then activates God's kingdom here on earth, which then releases the power for us to see signs when we pray. And, and the, great thing, the great thing about it, he says this in Mark 17, because he... he, he he basically then, Jesus is saying, man, I'm personally authorizing this assignment to you because he says, in my name. In my name. That's three Greek words, man. It's in, mu, and uh, om, on oma, okay? Now, I'm, you can look in your book. It's got all the breakdown of, of what those individually mean. Um, but again, I'm going to just kind of sum it up for us. So when you put the phrase together, it indicates Jesus has formerly empowered believers in relationship with him to stand in his place on earth. They are to declare his message, act on his behalf by operating in the authority of his name. Right? And then, as his agents, right, his certified agents, I guess you could say, like you got you know, your badge, whatever, he guarantees results. He says, in my name, this will happen. So here he is. He, he, he's, he's invoking us to use his name when we pray. In your name, whoa, all the authority of the kingdom of God is on alert now. A, a, great, a, great, a great example of this um, is in, in Luke chapter 10, verse 17. It's when Jesus sends out um, the 70 uh, disciples to go into the city before him, the cities he's going to go to. And it, and it says this in, in 10, 17. It says, when the 70 missionaries returned to Jesus, they were ecstatic with joy. Now, re- recognize these 70 weren't necessarily the 12. So that means he was building, Right? He said, they were ecstatic with joy, telling him, Lord, even the demons obeyed us when we commanded them in your name. Not in the name of Pastor Scott or not in the name of your name, 
but in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus, right? So we've been officially certified to be his representatives here. And then Jesus goes on in, in verses 17 and 18 and gives us these five supernatural signs that will follow us. Again, he says, in my name, and then the first one, they will cast out demons. Second one, they will speak with new tongues. Third, they will take up serpents. Fourth, if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. Five, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Again, Jesus promised this to those who go and keep on going, preach and keep on preaching the gospel, that signs would become their constant companion. Man, I, I, want, I want them to be my constant companion, right? Where it's like, oh, yeah, we better call him. Because when he prays, something happens. There is a definite sign that goes on. But see, he does that in order to authenticate your relationship to others. They're like, yeah, there's something about, wow, ooh, man, you know? But he's authenticating this, this, this relationship, this, this, this message of kingdom power that flows through you when the Holy Spirit is in your life. And so let me just kind of go through this very first one. I know we kind of got four points. This is the fifth one. I promise it's the very last one. But the first sign he promised was in, in the name, in, in my name, you, they will cast out demons. So that's the very first. Point number one, right? And like, oh my gosh. Point number one, cast out means, in the Greek, it means to throw out, to drive out, or to evict someone from a place. Now we think, oh, ah, wait a minute, man. Now you're crossing into a different zone here, Pastor Scott. Because, uh, you know, that doesn't mean you, you're like the demon hunter guy, right? Or, or you're, you know, some of these shows that are on TV. Um, I remember watching some show just because I thought it was like, hey, that's a weird name. Um, but it was about these two guys that are brothers that end up, you know, fighting off uh, all kinds of evil stuff or whatever like that. That doesn't mean you're out looking for it, but I'm telling you, you'll come across it. It'll happen. But see, we have to realize that, you know what, we have authority in the name of Jesus to be able to confront, to be able to, to deal with those situations. So it's this eviction that's not a suggestion but it's a, a, a fact of vacating a premise, right? It's almost like a court order that mandates compliance. So with the authority of God's kingdom behind us, Jesus said we are to do that. We are to cast out demons. Now, you might not get, you know, you might not come across ever in your life one where all of a sudden they're talking really, you know, whatever. You're not going to hear that, probably. You might, you know, but you know what? I, I think you know there are people who are influenced by the power of the enemy. And you can see it in their life. They're not, you know, like I said, you know, head spinning around like you know the exorcist or whatever. But but you can sense it. So as a believer, then you have the ability, the power, and the authority to 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 say, hey, no more. No more. 
You do not have control over this person anymore. And in the name of Jesus, I just tell you to be evicted. And then, but you got to fill it up, right? Remember that, that there's that scripture that when you cast out something, if it's not, and it's all of a sudden it's clean and swept and looks good, and if nothing fills the place, then seven times more come back to it. So then after you say, hey, no, you have no longer authority to be here to get rid of it, then you know what? You say, but the presence of God, the Holy Spirit now has presence here. It, I mean, it's just, it has to be done. But see, you have the ability to do that. It's not just pastors or prophets or apostles or teachers. It's you, you do. Man, you got people in your, in, in your life that are, that are struggling with certain, man, begin to, to, to speak the name of Jesus over those, that, those spirits behind it. Because a lot of times it's just the spirits behind it. They're influenced, right? They might not be, um, uh, uh, um, you know, demonically taken over, but they are maybe oppressed by that spirit that's causing them to do and make the decisions they're doing and living a life. But you, as a, a believer, have the authority to be able to, to, speak, to speak over that. Here's a couple of examples, real quick, of Jesus just using a simple command. In Matthew 8.16, it says, he cast out the evil spirits with a simple command. Man, he's Jesus, right? So we think, yeah, that's easy. That's easy for Jesus. But see, Jesus said, man, I've, I've already, I've empowered you. I've turned it all over to you already. So you have the same ability. Matthew 10, 1, it says that when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out. So casting out these spirits, these demons, whatever, if it's, you know, they manifest more, I, I think, it appears, you know, in other other countries, you always see YouTube videos more than you do here. But, but you, if you come across, you have the same authority and power to cast that out. And, and when you come across someone who's, who's influenced, and, and you can just tell, man, they, they've, they need freedom. It needs to be broken off of them. Then you know what? You have that ability to step in and be able to pray and recognize, you know, I have been given the kingdom keys. God's given me everything that I need. And you know what? A lot of it you find right here in this Bible. And I have that authority to stand in place of that person and to pray and believe God and declare that, that, that and you know what? And again, it might not all of a sudden just happen right away, but that doesn't mean you give up. So it's that principle, that, that, that farming principle again. Even if my first prayer doesn't miraculously change something, then I pray again. And I keep on praying because I'm watering and 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 I'm watching it grow and the harvest begins to grow and all of a sudden there is change that begins to happen. And wow, right? But, but, but my heart is, it's just for you to realize you're agents. You have been commissioned, right? You, you have the full invested power of, of the kingdom of God behind you. And he wants you to, 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 to go out and do it.
So as we close, remember, if you, if you want God's power to faithfully follow you, to authenticate what, what, what God's doing in your life, the presence of, of the Holy Spirit in your life, then you know what? I, I, just, I just ask you, put your faith to action. If you truly believe this word, if you truly believe that you are in a relationship with Jesus, understand that you are a representative, you are an ambassador with all of the rights and all of the authority of the kingdom of God. Isn't that awesome? We don't think about it from that perspective because we're doing life, our everyday life. We're just doing it. We're, you know, oh my gosh, right? But man, we don't even recognize what's behind us. You know, sometimes it's the Lord's army just waiting for us to, to, to dispatch them. Hey, it's time to go. Let's go, right? And they're just kind of waiting. Come on, come on. But man, he, he just wants to release that in your life for you to understand, you know what? Yep, I, I might not be an, an, an extrovert and I might not be an introvert. I'm a, a middlevert. But no matter where I fall in that pendulum, he still wants me to go and to keep on going. He still wants me to preach and keep on preaching. Whatever that looks like, and all of heaven's authorities. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.